So what happens when you see everybody else getting their blessing? Everybody else getting their breakthrough, you're expecting the exact same thing or greater, and you get absolutely nothing. Now you're disappointed. Now you don't want to trust God no more. Now, 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 you, feel, now you feel like this, this Christian thing ain't working because she got her thing, he got his thing, and, and I'm, I'm in the same boat. Why did I get mine, God? That's right. What about me? But you got to remember what those scriptures say. I know the plans I have for you. I have a plan to prosper you, not to harm you, and for you to have an expected end. Now, now, now she don't have nothing in her hand right now because, because she was expected to come one way. But see, the God we serve not going to do it the way you expected to come. He has another way. Manifested Glory Worship Center. Kingdom-focused, kingdom-minded, kingdom-living. This is the Rama Talk Podcast, and you're listening to Pastor Damon C. Johnson, founder and senior pastor of Manifested Glory Worship Center. Man, it's like the, the exodus. Amen. They, they rolling out. Amen. That's good. That's real good. Amen. Amen. So church, we, we're, we start, this is the second week of our series talking about push. We started last week and we're going to continue this week. Now, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in two places in the Bible. We're going to be in the book, the book of Ruth, the fourth chapter. So I want you to turn in your Bibles with me, Ruth chapter four. Amen. I want you to put your finger, once you get it, I want you to put your finger there. Then I want you to go to Mr. Uh, Sheila's famous scripture, Jeremiah 29. Amen. 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 Verse 11 and 12. So we're going to be in two places. We're going to be in Ruth chapter 4, and we're going to be in Jeremiah chapter 29. We're going to start at Ruth 4. We're going to read that text, and then we're going to go to Jeremiah. We're going to flip between the two. Amen. Ruth chapter 4, and Jeremiah chapter 29. Ruth chapter 4, we're going to start at verse 13. When you get it, please say, I got it. Amen. Oh, Lord, help. All right. If you're still turning, say, hold up. All right. No problem. Let's let's get there together. The book of Ruth. Amen. It's in our Old Testament. Amen. Don't be ashamed. If you got to go to the table of contents, go there. Don't be ashamed. You know, people in church are like they, you know, oh, I'm there. They all in Ecclesiastes just sitting there looking crazy. <laughs> Take your time. Get there. I want us to read together. If you don't have your Bible, we'll definitely have it on the screens, on the monitors for you. But I want us to be there together. I want you to read the word for yourself. Okay? Amen. So you don't think I'm making this stuff up. Amen. Ruth chapter 4, verse 13. When you get it, please say, I got it. Oh, that's better. That's a little bit better. Well, let's read. I'm going to read from the New King James Version. It says this. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. Then the women said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative and may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you is better to you than seven sons um, has born him. Uh, go down to verse 17. And it says, also the neighbor's women 
came to, gave him a name saying, there is a son born to Naomi. And they called him Obed. The, he's the father of Jesse, the father of David. All right. We're going to stop there. Let's go to Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 and 12. It says this, for I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Amen. Amen. Let's stop right there. So my sermon title again is push, but I mean, asking on the front of that, you are expecting, so push. You're expecting. So push. Our text we have here in the book of Jeremiah uh, is a very powerful scripture. Um, this scripture actually is hanging on, on my wall in my family room, for I know the plans I have for you. Amen. I, I keep that up. But, but understand that those who gravitate to this scripture um, don't, didn't have things come to them easy. Amen. Those who gravitate to this scripture, they, they, they know what the struggle is like. Amen. Uh, because obviously some of their plans didn't work out. And so we had to depend on the Lord's plan. And, I, and, I, and I'm one of those folk. That's why it's on my wall in my family room. A amen. Thank God for his plan. Uh, when my plans fail, his plans never fail. Uh, and so the promise that we have in, Je in Jeremiah 29 is so profound. God says, I know the thoughts I think towards you. So God is saying, I know it's tough right now, but I have a plan for your life. And God's plan is, listen, to prosper you, not to hurt you, and to, to, for you to have hope and an expected end. Some translate say the future. So God wants you to have a future. In other words, in the end, it's all going to work out for your good. Sometimes we get excited about the end, but we, got, we forgot there's a middle part we got to get through. And that's sometimes where we are right now. I like to equate it to like a flight. Y'all know I've been on many flights here lately. I done flown so much in the last five months, I've probably flown enough for everybody in this room. Back and forth every week to North Carolina for five months, I did that. Every week. And so I like to think about our lives or our journey like a flight. So you have the beginning, that's the takeoff. The middle, which is the actual flight, and then the end is your landing. Okay, uh, we, we always like the land, but in order to land, you got to have the middle part, the flight. Now, here's the thing about the flight. Um, sometimes in, on the flight, there might be turbulence. You might be up and in the, in the, you might hear somebody say, hey, go back to your seat and put on your seatbelt. We are about to experience some turbulence. Sometimes you, because of the middle part, the flight, sometimes you may arrive to your destination late. Mm. Yes. Or you may arrive into a place that you weren't planning on going to, but, but that's where you landed. Sometimes they have to cancel cabin service, so you may not be able to get your, your, your peanuts and your drink <laughs> because of the turbulence of the flight. But it doesn't make a difference. As long as I land, yes. I'm all right. Amen. 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 But, but there's lessons that we learn in the middle and in, in, in our flight. We learn a lesson that turbulence don't mean destruction. See, we automatically think as soon as we hit turbulence, we think we're about to go down. 
Don't mean you're about to go down. Don't mean your plane is about to crash. That just means you hit an air pocket. That means you hit some, some rough air. But the, but the pilot is trained for it. And you don't have to worry. Or you just sit in your seat and just enjoy the ride. Put on some music and chill out. If you don't see the, if you don't see the flight attendants panicking, you need to chill out. If they're still going down that aisle with that cart, then things are good. And you might hit a bump or two, but it's all right. But it's amazing to me how two people could be on the same flight and have two different experiences. Yes. 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 See, see, see. I I was flying to North Carolina every week, and I've been on a flight with, with people who've never flown before. I said, Lord, don't put them next to me. Because their show will get real. They want to talk. They want to ask you a million questions. So, so, so is, is this going to like calm down? It's going to be all right. And the minute they feel turbulence, they want to grab you. They calling on Jesus. Never called Jesus before. But all of a sudden, Jesus is now their savior. Amen. They, they calling. I had one lady grab the, the boss bag. I said, now look, ma'am. If you feel like you're going to get sick, you got to let a brother know. Because I'm getting up. I don't care what the seatbelt signs say. I ain't sitting here to watch that because we both going to be sick then. So, but, but it's funny. We were on the same flight but had two different experiences. Because you know what? It was about your expectations. See, I had a different set of expectations than she did. And I had, a, I had more experience than her. And, and, and sometimes, though, you know, you still have to coach them along and say, look, it's going to be all right. And, and I, I'll say, look, call the flight tenant. She'll let you know it's going to be all right. Especially when they had me on them little planes. Lord, help. They had me on those crop dusters a couple times. I told you about that, didn't I? Where they had to go out there and turn the propeller. Now, then I, I, needed a, I needed a prayer then. I said, now, Lord, you know, I got kingdom to build. Let this plane stay in the air and on its course. Amen. And he was faithful to do so. Uh, and so, so many times, church, we got to realize that the turbulence is not there to destroy us. And, and many times we go through things, but it's not what you go through. It's how you feel about what you're going through. It's how you feel about it. See, again, me and you could be going through the same thing, but how I, how, is how I perceive it and how you perceive it will determine how we feel about it. And so it's all about expectations. But here's our problem. We have the propensity as people to want to control everything. We want to be in control of everything. And so that's why people don't like to fly because they can't control it. It ain't because they're scared of planes. They're control freaks. Uh, yeah, yeah, go, yeah, I know. I know I'm parking in somebody's spot. It's all right. And, 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 so, and so you got to release control and trust somebody outside of yourself. But that's the way flights work. Because you're flying, and sometimes you're not in control. God says, I know the plans I have for you. Yeah, I have a plan for your life, and I know you want to go this way, but my plan is this way. Thank you, Jesus. My Listen, a part of his plan for you means you might have to go through the turbulence. All right, that's, right. that's a part of the plan. Yeah. But it don't mean you ain't going to land. don't mean you don't have to have an expected end. It just means you got to go through some turbulence. Because that's the route that you have to take. Yes. See, sometimes, you know, if, if you're going, it's amazing to me sometimes. I, 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 I just ask, I say, now, why can't we just go from here to here? And the promise said, no, I got to go up and then I got to fly to a certain zone. I got to catch a certain jet stream. I got I to do certain things to get you where you're going to go. And sometimes it's going to require you going the way you don't want to go. And it's also going to require you to hit some bumpy air. That's right, huh? But that's the route. 
That's how you're going to get to your destination. So just, just chill out. I'm the pilot. I got you. Chill out. Enjoy your flight. We don't want to do that. We want to get up there and try to drive it for them. No, nah, man, take this thing down and go up 5,000 more feet. Now ain't your job. Stay in your lane. Your lane is to be a passenger. Amen. So, 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 so many times we, we, we want to control things. And so uh, we, when things don't go our way, we get mad. When things don't go as expected, then we have issues. Now, I'm talking about expectations and ex- expecting because when a woman is pregnant, we say she is expecting. So my question is, what are you expecting? What are you expecting? What, what is inside you that you need to give birth to right now? And what are your expectations for the thing that you have to birth? We're going to talk about it in a moment. So let's get to our text. In our text, we have two mothers. We have an older, seasoned mother named Naomi. And she's in the winter of her life. She's an older woman, and she's been through some things. And then we have this new mother, Ruth. Amen. Now, here's the thing. That's benefits to new things sometimes. Amen. You get a new car. Amen. There's some benefit to that. It won't break down as much. Amen. The flip side is you got to pay for it. Amen. I, I, I told God, thank you for the rain, but now I, got, I need more provision. I got to pay for it. The car, amen. But you get a new house, it's, it's exciting, you know. You, you might get a new job, a new opportunity, a new promotion. All, newness is great. You may even find a new love, a new boo. Amen. amen. That's what Ruth did. She found Boaz. Amen. And, amen, minister, amen. Amen. That's right. God knows the plans he has for you. And, and, and so you, you, you get all these new things. Look, even as a church, it's good for us to get new partners. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know what new partners bring? New life, new energy. Some of the old members, they, they, you know, they're stuck in their ways. Uh, I'm going to leave that one alone. But y'all, y'all know what I mean. So newness is good. But ain't nothing wrong with little old season stuff too, you know. Here's the thing about Naomi. Naomi have already experienced what Ruth is now experiencing. And so I tell young people all the time, you know, I tell them, I said, you've never, you don't know what it's like to be me, but I know what it's like to be you. They forget I was a teenager at one time. I was in my 20s at one time. I was in my 30s at one time. I'm going to leave that one alone. I'm going to stop right there. And so because I've been there, I know for some reason, young people don't think, they think they invent everything. They got to understand the Bible says ain't nothing new under the sun. Ain't nothing new. Check this out. The games y'all try to run now, we ran them. That's why we know when you're running them. The clothes you're wearing, we wore them already. The hairstyles, we had them. I had hair back in the day. I seen a young man walk around with my exact hairstyle I had when I was in high school. I had a Gumby with, 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 with color in the front. I was killing a game. Did that. The songs they sang, we already sang them before. They put a little beat on it, and oh, this is so and so. No, it ain't. That's the old boy from back in the day. Ain't nothing new under the sun. And so, and so because Naomi already had lived this life, she was a resource for, 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 for Ruth. Now, here's the thing about Ruth. She was a new, you know how new mothers are, Lord help. New mothers, they're going to baby-proof everything in the house. Everything, every corner gonna have, you know, everything, you know. Uh, and, and new mothers, you, can, you might not be able to hold their baby. Yeah. 
they real selective who can hold their child. That's why half of them don't even bring them up here to get christened until they're about two years old. They don't want me to hold the baby. I don't know if that pastor can keep my child holding them up in the air. But talk to, talk to Naomi. Naomi house probably ain't baby proof at all. You know how a seasoned mother is. Child fall, bust his head. You be like, oh, he be all right. The, 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 the new mother trying to run to the ER and, oh, God, she's going to die. A seasoned mother like, man, just get a kid a Band-Aid and a little ice pack. He all right. Holding a baby, a seasoned mother? She's trying to call people to come find to get the baby. Please come pick this child up. Godparent, grandparent, anybody, come get him. The difference between old and, and new, you know. But I, I like the contrast between the two of them, and, and, and they're, they're building something great together. Now, now here's the thing. Let me get a backdrop of Naomi. Now, again, she, she got married, and she had two sons, and they were living in Bethlehem. But what happened was there was a famine that came. So they had to leave Bethlehem and then move to Moab. And so they go to Moab to settle to, uh, to avoid the famine. And they was able to get through the famine. But then guess what? Her husband and son still died. Ain't that how life is sometimes? You overcome one thing and here comes something else. And so she, she lost her husband and her two sons. Now you gotta understand, and I told you this a couple of weeks ago, that, that women during this time, they depended on a man to take care of them. And so if you had a husband, he took care of you. If your husband died, and it was your son's responsibility to take care of you. Then she don't have anyone to take care of her. So she's in Moab, and now she has to go back to Bethlehem, and now she's concerned about her image. And I parked there for a moment. Yo, we, we, we got to get over our image. See, we're so worried about what people are going to think about us that we don't go where our help is. I'm going to let that marinate. Instead of you seeking help, you, you, you'll just stay in your pride because you don't want nobody to know what you're going through. And you'll stay where you are even though it's not going to help you just because you don't want to have to go back and say, I need help. And so, and so Ruth is on her way back to Bethlehem, and then Naomi, then, then, I mean, Naomi's on her way back, and Ruth, her daughter-in-law, said, look, I ain't going to let you go by yourself. I'm going to go with you. Now, you got to realize, Ruth was married to Naomi's son. So her husband died, too. So she's a widow, but she still had her mom and dad. So she had moved back in with her mom and dad, but she said, you know what? I, I'm going to go with you because you're going to need somebody to take care of you, mother-in-law. So she goes with her. And, and, and Naomi is so despondent at this point that she changed her name to Myra. Now, let me explain what that means. Her name, Naomi, meant my joy. Myra means bitterness. She allowed her situation to change her name. And so it's all because she lost her expectations, she had lost, she figured this was the end of her, nothing else was going to work out for her, this is, this is all her life is, but God says, I know the plans I have for you. Yes. I, know, I know what you thought was going to work for you didn't work, I know that you lost, I know that you're, 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 you're in a tough place, but I got a plan. First of all, I'm going to send this girl with you, she's going to look out for you, but I got a plan for your life, Naomi. Let me show you what I mean. C come here for a minute, Kevin. Come here for a minute, uh, Faith. Huh? They heard me. They're coming. 
Where's Kamara? Come here, Kamara. Where, where's the microphone? Hand me the mic, Taj, please. You wasn't expecting this, was you? No. No, you wasn't expecting this. <laughs> he wasn't expecting it, but I had a plan. See, 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 that's how our God works. When you, you had a plan, and you try to do your plan, it don't work out. But God has a better plan. And so sometimes, you don't even have a plan. But God has a plan. So God had a plan. Oh, see, see, he wasn't expecting it. I know for him, that's going to be something nice for him. Because I know him. <laughs> yeah. What is it, Kevin? Uh, Dairy Queen gift card. It's a Dairy Queen gift card. <laughs> See, I know him. I know he like to eat. Amen. 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 So, so you received something you didn't expect. Because I had a plan. Mm -hmm. And my plan was to give you something that you didn't expect. Mm -hmm. right? now, 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 before you open that, what are you expecting? See, at first you wasn't expecting anything, but now, what are you expecting? Something. And so, so you have an expectation, but what is it based off? Mm. So, so she has an expectation based off what she saw he got. She saw somebody else get something. Now she had no expectation at first, but now she saw somebody else with something. Now she has an expectation based off of what she saw he got. So open yours up. No, she got a, a $25 gas gift card. Now, here's the thing. She was expecting around what Kevin got, but she got more. Because she had a different plan. See, you're looking at somebody else's plan, thinking you're going to get the same thing they got. But God has a plan. He said, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. So now she got something she wasn't expecting. <laughs> it's like, let's make a deal. You, you want the curtain? Or you want what's in the envelope? Now, now let's talk for a minute. What do you expect? I'm expecting greater than within. Oh. Well, let's see. Go ahead and open it up. <laughs> It's a piece of paper with nothing on it. So what happens when you see everybody else getting their blessing? Everybody else getting their breakthrough, you expecting the exact same thing or greater, and you get absolutely nothing. Now you're disappointed. Now you don't want to trust God no more. Now, 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 you, feel, now you feel like this, this Christian thing ain't working because she got her thing, he got his thing, and, and I'm, I'm in the same boat. Why did I get mine, God? That's right. What about me? But you got to remember what those scriptures say. I know the plans I have for you. I have a plan to prosper you, not to harm you, and for you to have an expected end. Now, now, now she don't have nothing in her hand right now. Because, because she was expecting it to come one way. Mm. Mm. Glory to God. 
But see, the God we serve, not going to do it the way you expect it to come. He has another way. That's a $50 bill. See? Because I had a plan for them. They didn't know nothing about my plan, but I, but, but I had a plan for their lives, and my plan was to prosper them. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The three of them woke me up in my sleep this morning. Wow. <laughs> my wife would tell you, I woke up early. She said, what's wrong with you? I said, I'm all right. They woke me up in my sleep. Because the Lord said, I have a plan for the, your lives, all three of you. All right. He has a plan to prosper you, and you are coming into your rainy season. You're coming into it. And you know what? You know what God showed me? He said, because, and he showed me that three faces, and I woke up this morning, I said, I got to go to the store and get some gift cards, because this is what the Lord showed me last, this morning in my, in my, in my, when I woke up. It's that these three are building kingdom, and you don't even know it. They work behind the scenes to make sure this church function. No fanfare. No, no major titles. But they're faithful. And God sees your faithfulness. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, you woke me up out of my sleep this morning. And, and I declare what God has spoke to me this morning, that this is your rainy season. Yeah. The rain is coming. Yeah. And listen, I wanted to be a part of what God is doing. So I'm sowing into you. Because yeah. yeah. I want to I I plant seed in your life, so I want to see it grow. Yes. But you got an unexpected blessing. Uh, y'all good. Thank y'all. Amen. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. And see, here's the thing. Our problem is, oh, oh mm, help me hear, Holy Spirit. Many people think they're worshiping God. They just worship their plan. Let me, let me explain what I mean. Many people view God like he's some genie. Love the lamp, make a wish, he comes out, he grants your wish, he goes back into the lamp till you need him again. And so we have a plan, and we want God to, to make our plan his plan, make our dream his dream. And so we worship God until we get what we want from him. Y'all quiet in this Lutheran church. Yeah, yeah, I know I'm stepping on some toes. So, so we, we, we worship God until we get what we want from God, and then when we don't get what we want, well, once we got what we want, now we don't need God no more. And so my question is, who are you worshiping? The things God has given you, or are you worshiping him? Because what if he didn't give it to you? Is he still worthy? Mm -hmm. what, if, what if your plan fell through, and then God is tarrying with his plan? You know what tarry mean, right? He's waiting. He's holding it saying, yeah, you, I'm going to give it to you, but you ain't ready for it yet. You need another year or two. Because your mind ain't right. Because if I give it to you right now, you ain't going to do nothing but mess it up. Right. And I, been, I planned this thing before you was even born. I ain't going to let you mess up my plan. Wow. So I'm, I'm going to hold it. And then we get mad at God because he ain't moving when we want him to move. So, so who are you worshiping? Your plan or God? See, what happens is, what happens when, when that happens, when we have these expectations that don't come through, what used to energize you now has become your enemy. Uh-huh. When you realize God says, I'm, I'm, my promise is to my, to my work. 
My promise not to your plan. And so God's going to do everything he said according to his plan for your life. But a lot of times we're saying, God, but look, here's my agenda. Can you fit mine in there too? God says, I, I might wish some of that, but that got out of line with mine. If it ain't in line with mine, then you, you might have, I don't know. Y'all all right? It's tight. All right. So what happens a lot of times, church, many of us seek into this abyss of disappointment because we didn't get, we didn't get our expectations met. And so we got to be careful, but that's what happened to Naomi. Let's get back to our text, Naomi. Do me a favor, say this. Say, don't change your name. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't, don't change your name. Because there's a difference between how and who. Can I explain what I mean by that? See, there's a difference between or, or how and who. See, how you go through or, or what you're going through has nothing to do with who you are. And so a lot of times, we, as we're going through things, we allow what we're going through to dictate who we are. She was bitter, so she said, I am now bitter. Bitterness is what you're going through. That's not who you are. That's not who God created you to be. So a lot of times we say, well, you know, and that's why, that's why I got an issue with sometimes with um, drug rehab centers because they say, my name is so-and-so and I am. So that means what you went through, you putting on you like this is who I am. No, that's not who I am. That's just what I went through. That's why I got an issue with people saying, oh, I'm a sinner. Saved by grace. So you're still, sin- so you're still saying you're a sinner. The Bible says, here's my problem with that. I, trust me, in seminary, I got to a long, heated debate with some of my other pastor counterparts about this topic. So they, they came to me, well, who are you, uh, uh, preacher? Because I'm a non-denominational preacher. You know, they, they think I'm so spooky and different, you know, because they were a part of denomination, you know, one of the popular ones, you know. And, and so they, they well, well, the Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I said, I'm aware of that scripture. But you got to read it in this context. It says, past tense, all have sinned. Past tense. Yes. Right. And, 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 and we, we all sinners saved by grace. Okay, so if you are, if you're still a sinner, then what did grace do? Right. If you're still a sinner. Right. That means grace didn't work. Right. If I'm a sinner saved by grace, that means I should be saved. And I'm no longer a sinner. I'm now a saint of God. Right. And I told you this before. If... If, okay, so when you were in the world, you were living a life of sin. I mean, you were practicing sin. That's just what you did. So that's what you could call yourself a sinner. But once you get saved and you come into the body of Christ, now you are a saint who may every once in a while sin. The difference between the two. A sinner who sins, that's what they do. Like, you know, Elder John, he could play chess. Now, yesterday they had chess club here. I don't know where the rest of the brothers was here, but I was here. Amen. Amen, Pastor. Amen. Amen Pastor. And, and, and Brother Guy and, and Elder John was teaching me how to play chess. Now, I never learned how to play, but I'm going to learn. Now, I can honestly say that they play chess, right? They play it well. Both of them can play it well. That's what they do. I, on the other hand, I just came out and did it one time. That don't make me a chess player. I just did it one time. Right. But the more I do it, then I, I will, and trust me, I'm going to beat them both. Did they... Listen, they had no mercy on me yesterday, Marty. No mercy. And God took pleasure in it. He laughing. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Look at this. Boom. Check, checkmate. I'm like, dude, I'm just learning. I don't even know how to move the pieces all right yet. No mercy on me. Elder John was trying to have some mercy on me. He's like, Pastor, let me walk you through and let me show you this. God's like, nah, let's get him. 
He had all my, took my queen, took everything. <laughs> but by next month, I'm going to be ready. All right, now. Oh, so you don't think so. All right. Challenge me, brother. You know how I get down. But I say this. Michael Jordan was a basketball player. That's what he did. He practiced basketball. So if I go play basketball today, don't make me a basketball player. I just did it that time. Right? Some people are fishermen. If I go fishing one time, don't make me a fisherman. I just went fishing that time. Or I do fishing every once in a while. Same thing with sin. So if I practice and that's what I do, I'm a sinner. But if I do it, every once in a while, don't make me a sinner. Just, I, that's what I did that time. And so we have to be the saints of God. And so we got to get out of this mindset that, that this is who I am and I'm allowing what I'm doing to, to control who I am. I know I probably messed with some of y'all religion just now, but, but you got to realize if you're a saved, you're no longer a sinner. Because if you call yourself a sinner, that's what you're going to do. Sin. You got to declare out your mouth what I am. I'm a saint of God. And so if I'm a saint of God, that means I have to act like one. Sometimes you fall short, but amen. That's what the blood is for. You repent and you get your mind right. You keep it moving. So no, please don't identify yourself with what you're going through. One of, one of the stories, and here's another one. Don't let your life change your name either. See, a lot of times we allow what we're going through to change our name. God's not going to bless what you're going through. He's going to bless you. And so you can't let what you're going through to change who you are. One of the greatest stories in the Bible is the prodigal son. This young man had God. He went to his father. His father gave him an inheritance. He went out there and partied and swanted his money, sp- spending on women and all types of things and, and had all these friends. And when he ran out of money, he ran out of friends. And when he was, listen, that's how life is sometimes. The people you bless and you're a blessing to them the minute you need the, your, the help from them, crickets in the room. No love, no help. And that's why this boy sunk so bad he found himself in a pig pen. Now he was Jewish. Hebrews not supposed to dwell with pigs. Pigs are unclean animals even to this day. But then the Bible says that, and that's what he was going through, but then the Bible says he came to himself. That means he got out of his coma, out of his stupor, and said, you know what? I'm better than this. I'm better than this. I'm getting out of here. And he, listen, he wasn't worried about his image. He went back to his father's house and was restored because he wasn't going to let pride get in the way. He said, I'm better than this. As he went back to his father's house and got out of his coma. Do me a favor. Say, wake up. Wake up. Yeah, we got to wake up. Because many of you are, uh, you think that what you're going through is who you are. Many think because you're going through a rough time, that's your identity. That's not who you are. That's just where you are temporarily. God's going to bring you. Remember, we talk about the plane. This is your turbulent period. But God has something greater for you. It's going to get you out of that thing. So let's get back. So Naomi became Myra. Uh, so my joy became bitter because of disappointment. But here's the thing I love. Bitterness didn't stick to her because we still call her Naomi. She wanted to be called Myra, but nobody calls her Myra but her. So if you go change your name, I'm going to call you what your mama called you. Mama named you Clay, I'm going to call you Clay. You go to a pastor, my name now is, you know, whatever. I'm going to go, okay, Deacon Luke, how you doing? Amen. God bless you. No, I'm now Sharif Akbar. Nah, brother, you are what your mama named you. Amen. Amen. You know, brothers get deep when they, you know, they read a couple books. Now they got, you know. Yeah, don't, don't, don't go change your name because of where you are. Amen? All right, let me get back to what I got. All right. So, 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 so here she is. She's under distress. And then here comes Ruth. Ruth said, you know, Mama, I ain't going to let you go through this by yourself. 
I'm going to walk this journey with you. I'm going to help you in this thing. Now, here's the thing that took place that messed me up. Ruth went to go help Naomi because Naomi was going through a rough time. She said, I'm going to help my mother-in-law. We know the story a couple weeks ago when she went in the field and gleaned out of Boaz's field and she was able to reap a harvest for her mother-in-law and herself. And, and so, but here's the thing. As Naomi is being ministered to, she began to minister to Ruth. That's what happens. God will send somebody to your life. You think you're there to help, and they really there to help you. Or vice versa. Somebody you sent, you think they're coming to help you. God sent them there so you can help them. And that's what happened. They began to, they, they began to minister to one another. So Naomi began to forget about herself. And when she forgot more about her problem, she got more, she came more to herself. So when, she, when she forgot about her plan, she stepped into her purpose. When Naomi, she went from surviving to, to succeeding. And she received the baby without going through labor. I'm going to walk you through that in a minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ruth came to Naomi and said, Mama, I'm expecting. Naomi said, so am I, baby girl. <laughs> but this time, you're going to have the labor, but I'm going to have the baby. Let me tell you what happened. Ruth came to help her mother-in-law because no one was going to take care of her. And so... As she's taking care of her, Naomi saw Ruth's struggle was real, too. She needed a husband. She was a young woman. And, and so she needs somebody that's going to help take. And here's this rich old man named Boaz. Single rich old man. <laughs> who's generous, who know the Lord. She said, I'm going to hook you up. She, listen, you got to read chapter 3. She told, Naomi told Ruth, she said, baby girl, I want you, and this is what the Bible says. He said, go take a bath. Get clean yourself up real good. Put on some perfume, get yourself smelling real good. And I'm going to tell you where he is. Boaz is over at the threshing floor. I want you to go lay at his feet. And when he wake up, he's going to see you laying right there. And and so what happened was Boaz woke up and said, whoa. (laughs) How you get here? Oh, no, I'm I'm just here because I want to, you know, I want to serve. Remember, I'm I'm Ruth. He's like, well, look, check this out. I don't want nobody thinking anything happened. So here, look, look what he did. He said, here, take these six scoops of barley. And take it home. Because I want nobody to think anything going on here. He says, now, now he had to go have a conversation about her. So he went back and had a conversation about it with, with somebody else who wanted to reap the land. Because she was attached to the land. And so if you, if you got the land, then you also got her. And so, and so the man's like, so Boaz said, look, I'm going to make sure you're taken care of. Now somebody else will want to buy this land. But if they don't buy the land, then I'll buy the land and then you'll be my wife. But God had a plan. Wow. See, he knows the plans. God went back and said, uh, they, they negotiating Boaz and this guy. He said, yeah, man, I want that land. He said, oh, well, back, guess this out. It, problem with the land, it's also Ruth. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't signing on for Ruth. <laughs> he said, well, she come with the land. He said, well, I don't want the land and I don't want Ruth. <laughs> so Boaz said, I'll take her. And I, I'll take the land and I'll take her. See, God had a plan for her. Uh-huh. But Naomi was the one that set her up. See, see, Ruth thought that she was going to minister to her, but she got the hookup. Ruth got upgraded. You know what I'm saying? Boaz was a rich man, a generous rich man. You know what he did it before? Before he broke off whole piece of his harvest for her, and listen, and asked nothing from her. Just say, "Come on, come on, and reap from my harvest." 
And so, so the whole time, she, 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 she's sitting there getting something, helping each other out, and that's what God will do. He will send people into your life, church, that, that, that's going to come to be a blessing to you, but you may have to be a blessing to them too. And so Ruth ended up marrying Boaz, and they ended up having a baby, and the baby name was Obed. Now, here's the thing. Um, all the women came around because when the baby came, here it is. Ruth just had this baby, but Naomi's holding the baby. And she's nursing the baby. That would mess me up. How this old woman nursing this baby? You got to realize her sons were grown because one of them was married to Ruth. But God had a plan for her. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> but God, our God is that bad. He can make dry places. Dr <laughs> Amen. That's the kind of God we serve. She's nursing the baby. And guess what? The people from the community came around and said, you know what? God has now given you a descendant, Naomi. And your descendant, his name is going to be great in Israel. He's going to be a restorer of you, Naomi. Naomi ain't carrying no baby. He, he's going to be a restorer of you and your people. And she said, your daughter-in-law who loves you is greater to you than seven sons. Now, she's mourning over her sons, but she got a daughter-in-law that's better than seven sons. Don't tell me how God won't do it. That's what the word says. Look what it says here. Your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons. Bore him. Now go to the next verse. This messed me up. Look what it says here. Verse 16. Also the neighbor women gave him a name saying, there is born to who? Naomi. Wait a minute. Born to Naomi? Ruth just had this baby. Ruth the one had to labor. Ruth had the one to get up in the middle of the night and go get ice chips and, and, and <laughs> pickles and, and, and ice cream and all that. She's the one who had to go through all of that. But born to Naomi is a boy. And his name shall be called what? Obed. We got to look at his line. Because Obed was the father of Jesse. And Jesse was the father of David. It's all about your expectations. See, Naomi was thinking, if I have a, she probably think, God, why didn't this happen when I was younger? Why couldn't I have this baby when I was young? Because if my other two sons died, then I would at least had another child that's going to take care of me. Why did this happen to me when I was at least 20 years ago? Because at that point, she would have just had sons and grandsons. But God did it, so now she has kings. See, his plan wasn't just for you to have kids, Naomi. God's plan was for you to birth kings into the earth. And not just for you, so that for your descendants from now on will be known. There's a whole book in the Bible about their story. You got to understand, this is a book about, about women that's unheard of. But God had a plan for their lives. So, so, so born to Naomi is this baby. And, and, and that messed me up. I said, wait a minute. Naomi didn't have no baby, but she did. And then had to go through no labor. For some of you all, God's going to allow you to push things in the earth. And somebody else is going to have to endure the pain. Mm. See that boss giving you a hard way to go? They're going to endure the pain and they're going to have to bring you the baby. 
and say, here, this is for you. You ain't had to go through it, but this is your blessing. And now this is your, this is your inheritance. See, 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 a lot of, a lot of you all saying, well, God, and, and why do I still got to push? Now, she didn't need to push because guess what she did? She pushed Ruth into her destiny. And because she pushed Ruth into her destiny, God pushed her into hers. See, sometimes it's, it's almost like a swing set. See, sometimes if we take a turn, if it's my turn, Elder John needs you to give me a push so I get some momentum. But when it's your turn, I got to turn around and give you a little push. And see, that's what, you, see, that's what I need you to do. I need you to push for somebody else. You never know what God will do if you decide to push for somebody else. Wow. There's a scripture that we're going to tackle in a couple of weeks out of the book of Kings where it says that the babies that came to birth, but they had no people had no strength in them to push. You might have people around you who, who are ready to give birth, but they have no more strength. Life had beat them up so bad, they don't have no rent. But you got strength. Amen. Push for them. Push for them, encourage them. Encourage them because you never know. As, as they're pushing, God says, they're about to birth something for you. Keep, keep encouraging the push because you never know what can happen. That's you know what? You, you helped me walk through my hard times. You helped me through that. So the Lord has laid on my heart to be a blessing to you. Unexpected blessings. God will do if you will stop being selfish and push for somebody else. But here's the thing about Naomi. The Bible says that, 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 they, that, uh, that she brought the baby to her. Go to verse 15. I believe it's 15. It says that the women said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you, because uh, this will be your, your relative, and his name will be famous in Israel. Go to 15. I'm getting there. Here it is. And may his life be restored. The nurse of your old age, for your daughter-in-law who loves you is better you than seven sons who bore him a son. Now, you understand what she's saying here? They're talking to both of them. Now, these women are talking to Naomi, but they're talking about what Ruth did for her. That she birthed her son. But look what it says to Naomi, not to Mara. Can I give you a sidebar? You can't get it and be bitter. Some of you are looking for your breakthrough, but you can't get it being bitter. If you still walk around saying my name Mara, then you might have to wait a little while longer. See, see, Naomi received it because she, she wasn't Mara. She was Naomi. They, they said, to Naomi, this was given. And so you can't be bitter and receive what God wants from you. Church, you can't do it. So don't change your name. This woman, old woman, nursing this baby. All her friends coming around, oh, God, bless you with a baby. I know Ruth probably said, like, I know she didn't. <laughs> Taking all the credit. But you know what? She helped me to get here. Yeah. And guess what? Everything Boaz have is now mine. <laughs> so go ahead, mama. <laughs> Nurse the baby. <laughs> all this land, you see? It's mine. And, and guess what? She, she learned real quick. You know how young mothers don't want nobody to hold their baby? She learned real quick. Go ahead, Grandma. New mothers, you'll learn that real quick. Jackie, you going to learn that? Amen. Kind of get ready. Get ready. Get ready. She's going to be like, Grandma, are you busy? No, we're just at the house while your baby was calling your name. Amen. You're going to need a break. Amen. You're going to need a break. Amen. You're going to need a break. So, so, so Ruth, Ruth, Ruth is like, 
I'm all good with this. I ain't got no beef. The people said to her, you are blessed, Naomi. God has blessed you with a child. Now, this is all because of what Jeremiah said. Jeremiah said, God says, I know the plans I have for you. And my plan is to prosper you, not to harm you. And to bring you to that expected end. Ruth and Naomi got to the expected end in an unexpected way. Let me let that marinate. They got to the expected end in an unexpected way. They, wouldn't, they didn't think it was going to happen this way. Ruth probably figured, you know, I'm going to probably find me a husband, some nice guy. But she she's going to reach this, this rich old man. Naomi probably thought that season of my life was over with. I ain't going to, ain't nothing coming my way. I'm just going to struggle. Whatever little thing that Ruth could do for me, I'll do that till I die. And that's it. But now look at them. They've birthed kings into the earth. David was the king. And David did nothing but birth more kings. Solomon was his son. And now they have have started the line for our Savior to come into the world. He believed that? From these two mothers who got a, who was expecting, expecting two different things, but they ended up helping each other and they both pushed and got to their expected end. So church, I need you to push. I, and listen, if you can't push for yourself, push for the person next to you. Push for them and watch what God do. He said, I got a plan for your life. And the plan I have for you, listen, here's the thing, church, let me let you a little secret. His plan is better than yours. Trust his plan. Trust what God wants to do in your life. And I want you to even stronger, even harder, push. Because you are expecting. Come on, stand on your feet. I'm done. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Rhema Talk podcast. To hear this sermon again or get caught up with past sermons, you can download the Mixcloud app and search Manifest the Glory. Or you can search for MGWC's Rhema Talk podcast in the iTunes store on your iPhone or iPad. Also, don't forget to like MGWC on Facebook and go to MGWC.net to get caught up on all the latest church announcements. Thank you for listening to the Rhema Talk podcast, and we hope you will join us next time.